Hello, and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this very special episode, we bring you my conversation with native Hawaiian and Waimea resident Pua Case, who is currently on Mauna Kea with her family and community, working to protect their sacred mountain from desecration. Since July 17, 2019, thousands of protectors have gathered at the base of the mountain to peacefully block the road leading to the proposed construction site. In this episode, Pua shares her urgent update about the threat to Mauna Kea. We talk about standing for the sacred, the spirit of place, the importance of traditional ceremonies, and building a nation. Pua also shares some specific ways that you can help support the movement. Pua Case is a former elementary school teacher and lifelong water protector who was raised on the slopes of Mauna Kea. Along with her community, she has been working to protect the mountain from a 10-year, 1.3 billion 30-meter telescope project that has been proposed on the northern plateau of Mauna Kea, where there are already 13 telescopes. Before we begin, I want to say that this issue is very near and dear to my heart. I first met Pua at Standing Rock when she came into the ceremony with her daughter Havani to support the water protectors there. I will never forget the way in which she entered the camp with chants and dance of such incredible beauty and power that tears come to my eyes just recalling it. I came away from that encounter, remembering the mountains where I come from and standing taller in my own being from that day forward. The profound energy that Pua and her community bring is that of remembering remembering a way of sacred connection between humans and their ancestral landscape. It is just a mountain my home, to the The stand to protect Mauna Kea is about standing for life. This is a struggle for the sacred, for community, for culture. The protectors on the ground are working to soften the hearts of those who would desecrate this ancient being. They stand with love, unity, and song. And I'm honored to be able to share music in this episode from Havani Rios's new album, Kukia Imauna, Together We Rise, which was released on the four-year anniversary of the powerful frontline stand to protect Mauna Kea. Her music is available to purchase on iTunes or via her website, HavaniRios.com. And a quick note before we begin, Pua joined us from the media tent at the frontline camp on Mauna Kea, so you may hear some background noises as she speaks. 
Hi, Aunt Pua. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Um, you're joining us, from what I understand, from Mauna Kea right now, the tallest mountain in the world and a sacred place for the people in your community and all around the world. So welcome. Thank you. Aloha. Yes, I am joining you from a place called Puhuluhulu. It is at the base of Mauna Awakea, the tallest mountain in the world from the seafloor, a sacred not just to our own people, our Kanaka Maoli, but special for very many people, not just here, but around the world. Yes, indeed. Many people are hearing about Mauna Kea perhaps for the first time, those who are not familiar with the islands and the culture there. But I'm wondering if you could start by describing the camp where you are right now and kind of what's happening at the moment. Sure. I think um, because I believe a lot of people might not know the history of why we are here at this time, perhaps I'll start with just a little summary of that. So to all of the listeners, uh, aloha kako, and thank you for really taking the time to listen to what is happening, to what I call um, the unexpected time and the unexpected people. Because for most people, you think of Hawaii as uh, beautiful scenery and landscape, and indeed it is, uh, where aloha spirit abounds, and that's true. And when, where you're going to be invited to see our cultural practices and life ways, especially the hula. And all of that is, is very true. But this is also where I believe then, for most of you, when there was uh, the view from the world that the Native people and supporters and allies and residents here rose and said no more to something that would deeply impact and affect us. I believe that the people of the world did not expect that. They probably said, wow, we didn't even know that anything was going on in Hawaii that would create a situation where a native people would rise and say enough is enough. And no, you're not going to do that. And that's why I say that we are the unexpected and why all eyes are on us. Because if the Native people in so-called paradise rise, then it is possible to rise anywhere and everywhere. So what's happening right now is that after 10 years of two contested cases, two Supreme Court hearings, a frontline action in 2015, and community efforts for really the past 10 years and exhausting all legal and grassroots remedies in our communities, the construction permit was upheld by the Supreme Court and which makes it possible for the advent of the construction of the 30-meter telescope on the northern plateau, which is a pristine area below the summit of Mauna Kea, to begin. So when the permit was upheld and there was a approval and talk of the equipment coming up the mountain, as everyone anticipated, 
we said no. We have not stood for 10 years and many people even longer than that to move on the side when a law is granted that is unjust. Just because it's a law doesn't make it right. So what happened was a construction permit was given in a conservation zone that did not meet the eight criteria that it needs to meet to even get a permit application approved. So not only did it not meet the eight criteria to build in that conservation zone, the police, the emergency proclamation, and all the efforts by the so-called state of Hawaii to remove us is based on a permit that should never have been granted. So it's complicated. There's a lot of layers to this. But in the end, I'll say to especially those who are standing around the world, and indeed we have stood on many front lines, uh, on Mokuhonu for sure, um, there comes a time when a Native people have the right, the responsibility, the privilege, the kuleana we say, to say enough is enough. And it doesn't matter that it is a telescope or any other 18-story building. 18 stories cannot and will not be built on our sacred mountain. And that is just how it is and how it will be. And that is so. There is no mediation, there is no negotiation for 18 stories of any kind on our mountain. Yeah, and so it sounds like there are legal reasons and practical reasons why this is not something that can happen. And at the same time, there seems to be, at least from this vantage point, as if there's almost a spiritual awakening happening in terms of cultural awareness about the importance of this place. And I know you were raised there on the slopes of Mauna Kea, and I would love to hear a little bit about what this mountain means to you and your family. Mauna Kea is my mountain. I say, oh, Mauna Kea ku Mauna. Mauna Kea is my mountain. I, I know Mauna Kea through chance dances, but I know Mauna Kea intimately because I was raised on her slopes and I know her in the way of riding the hills of the mountain, the front side of the mountain my entire life. Uh, she's known to me as Big Mama. It's what we call her when we uh, are from Waimea and we are part of Parker Ranch or ranching communities in the area. Our cowboys say that we have been fed, cared for, broken our bones on that mountain. And it's like a, when you think of a mountain as your deity, 
perhaps, your grandparent, your chief, your protector, your corrector, your teacher, your guide, your church, your holy place, then how can you not stand? So because my father was in charge of water for the entire Parker Ranch for my entire lifelong, I say that I pretty much was born as a water protector. I worked with my dad my entire lifelong. I know what it's like to pray in the morning, to give gratitude, to ask for water when we don't have it, to thank the Mauna when we do, to be in an exchange with the mountain that I can just say that's my big mama. Um, but when I say that, um, I realize that a lot of our people, especially I'm going to take a chance here and say probably those who are pro-telescope, I want to bring them in for a moment because uh, I want to understand more closely those of my own people who support the building of 18 stories on a sacred mountain. And I want to say to them that I think perhaps they didn't have the chance to have a lifestyle like I did and like many other practitioners or people who interweave the Mauna into their daily life or, or just their sacred place. Maybe they grew up in families that uh, were not connected anymore to the mountain. Maybe they forgot their cultural life ways and their responsibilities. Maybe they did that. Maybe when the time came when Christianity and colonization took us by the throat, Maybe they were forced to give that up in their grandparents' time. And when their grandparents were helpless or thought that they couldn't stand for against desecration and destruction, overdevelopment, construction, maybe they lost that pili, that pilina, that connection. So I'm trying to understand that. Perhaps that's why they're so um, enthusiastic and, and, and maybe they don't know the case. I think that they, they don't know that, uh, that the permit didn't meet the eight criteria to build. I think they just see a telescope and scholarships and construction jobs. I think that's what they see. So I just want to say to them, there's some already 13 telescopes on the mountain. Three of the countries that want to build this TMT are already up there. They knew full well what would happen, but they went ahead anyway. There's a Keystone report that Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation did themselves, they commissioned themselves, that says exactly what is happening right now would happen. And that was done years ago. So I'm saying to all people who are pro-telescope here in Hawaii and beyond, do a little research about our people and our mountains and our water and our sources. 
do a little research about this contested case and the entire case before you come out and say something that you haven't researched and you're not knowledgeable about. And if you're thinking about the scholarships, because that's how they get us, you know, that's how they get Native people in small communities. They go to the families and the schools and the institutions and they say, I got a little thousand dollar scholarship for your child if you support the TMT. We've seen this time and time again. This isn't new. I say, how about each telescope already up there? Give a million dollars a year. We don't need the one million that the TMT promised. We'll take 13 million. We, they're already up there. They can't do any more to the summit. They've already destroyed the top. They've already shaved it down. They've already, the irreparable damage can never be repaired. Decommissioning, I don't get that for a second. When they say they'll take down two at the top, if we'll let them build in a pristine area, I think, do you still think that we don't get that? And if it's about construction jobs, I, I once said that. When I first got into this in 2010, one of my first thoughts was, what about the construction jobs? Because that's my family members out there. I've come so far that I say, we got to get you better jobs. You Native people, construction workers, we love you. You can't be the ones going up there and tearing apart your sacred mountain while they just wait in their own countries for you to do all the damage, desecration, and construction to your own sacred place so they can come and start to build. We have to do better than that for our people because the consequences and the repercussions of tearing up a sacred land by a native people will follow us generation to generation. And do we want that for our construction workers? I hope not. I hope we want to get them jobs that their grandchildren will be proud of when they say, Grandpa, did you destroy the mountain so they could build that monstrosity up there? I don't want the grandpas to have to hang their heads and say, yes, that was me. Wouldn't it be great if they'd say, no, we stood, we refuse, because this is the time. If we don't stand for the last of the most sacred, then when will we? And if we don't stand for the most sacred, then what will we stand for? If we're not going to stand now, we may as well just lay down and say, take everything. If we're not going to stand for Mauna Kea, the source of our water, the protector against storms, our grandparent that we are genealogically linked to as my kupuna, if I'm not going to stand for that, then what will I stand for?
something that people are globally very captivated by in this growing movement is the beautiful way in which people are conducting themselves on the mountain and across the world. And I wanted to ask you about Kapu Aloha and what that means. You know, that could be a whole semester course, dear. So I'm going to really think about how to frame this. Um, So the origin of that word as I have participated and experienced in it. I'm going to keep it to my own experience. So um, Kapu Aloha is a guideline. It's a code of conduct. It's a discipline that you make a commitment and agreement to abide by. So as early as I can remember in ceremony, One of the guidelines was always, when you participate in ceremony, kapu aloha. Kapu aloha meant then that you left your negativity at home. You came up and promised that your actions would be beneficial, not detrimental. When you participated in ceremony, you participated in a sacred manner, in the highest conduct that you could infuse in the highest conduct that you would be an example as if your ancestor was standing next to you and said, no, make me shame now. Kapu Aloha meant that from the beginning of ceremony to the end of ceremony and hopefully on the way home and when you got home, you would be kind, gracious, You would have integrity and respect, and not just for the people that you were in ceremony with, but with every element, with the wind that blew, with the rain that fell, with the sun in the sky, all of them, your ancestors, all of them still here, living beings, you would be in concert with that. Now that is the kapu aloha that I knew and still know when I'm in ceremony. In 2015, because we were doing more and more ceremonies in our stances, we activated kapu aloha as a guideline in our stance, which is a training. You don't wake up one day and just say, oh, kapu aloha, I'm there. It's a process. You go 10 steps forward, you go two steps back, you make amends. We have chance for that. We have chance to ask forgiveness. We have chance to ask for acceptance. We have chance for correctness. We all have had to use them. 
I'm no exception to that rule. This is a process. So kapu aloha in this stance is no different. If you can picture a people that are trying their very best to stand in a ceremonial manner, that means we are interwoven every single day with our cultural values, our cultural life, life ways, our language, our prayers, our chants, and our dances. And that's why we do them three times a day. It's to keep this container that we are in very close and tight. Because when you go from 30 people to 3,000 people, you can't relax the guidelines. In fact, you have to tighten them and you have to work it and you have to love your people through it. So Kapu Aloha is a regulator of our own action. I say three times a day, every day, I must be on my 60th time now. There is no security here. Your self-discipline is your security. Kapu Aloha is all about self-discipline so that we can move forward in the best possible way to ensure that our actions are not responsible for what might take us down in the end. We are not going to do ourselves in and Kapu Aloha will help us to remember that. And when you start to feel like you're compromised in any sort of way, remember why you are here. Or you go home and you take a break and you come back again when you are able to do this in the best way possible. So, like I said, I could say a million different definitions of what it is or examples, but I think if I say it that way, maybe for those outside who don't have ceremonies that are traditional, which many of our peoples do, you might say it's like conduct when you go to church or your holy place. How do you act in your holy place? Because when you're on this mountain, this whole mountain is our holy place. And the mountain is our unifier and our leader. So when people ask me, are you the leader of this movement or are you one of the leaders? I say, I am not a leader of this movement. The Mauna is my leader and my chief, and I answer to the mountain. The mountain is the leader. Well, thank you for that. I know we only have a few more minutes left, and I know there are a lot of folks listening who want to support in whatever way they can. And so I'm wondering what is the most important or perhaps the top three things that people can do for the Mauna and the people protecting right now? When I look at social media, which I don't very much up here, but when I do and I see the actions that are occurring all around the world for us throughout Hawaii and beyond Hawaii, I realize and I know that Mauna Kea is pivotal 
in many movements around the world. Because we are aligning, we are networking, we have stood on each other's front lines. People call every day, do you need me? When can I be here? Right now, we haven't put out a formal call out beyond Hawaii. Because we are located in a parking lot, on a roadway, and in a lava field. Yes, we do call our own people from all islands. And yes, if you are here, and your, your na'au, your heart tells you that you have to be here, then you have to be here from no matter where it is. But a formal call out hasn't been issued because we are here raising our nation. And that takes work, and that takes time, and that has brought us to some days of 3,000 people. However, continue, please, to do your actions for us around the world. And when you do an action for us, thank you so much for staying in Kapu Aloha yourself. Because if you are doing an action in the name of Mauna Kea, then you are representing Mauna Kea. So we ask that in your action, you abide by Kapu Aloha as well. Post for us, repost, share, follow. Whatever we are doing, we ask you to spread that message around the world. Of course, keep connected. I always tell those who are in their own movements, please let us know what you are standing for. This is not just about Mauna Kea. When you support Mauna Kea, that means that we support you as well. So if you say we support Mauna Kea, please let us know where you're from and if you're standing for your own land, water, mountain, or life ways, like Ihumatau right now, like Weraiti in Aotearoa, I just came back from there. I know that what they are facing on a daily basis need support as well, but yet every day they post their support for us. Uh, we are constantly and always in touch with Standing Rock, Sacred Stone, Winamum Wintu, Olone, Against the Pipeline. I mean, of course. So please continue to let us know what you're standing for so we can, now that we have a platform, we can shout that out as well. If people want to donate, I believe they can go to the Pu'uanahulu or Pu'uhonua or Pu'uhuluhulu Facebook page. So I'm going to say that again. We have a Facebook page called Pu'uhonua or Pu'uhuluhulu Facebook. And I have a Facebook page called Actions for Mauna Kea. We will let you know how you can donate how you can send more support so that you have it always out there. I think we have another page called Kanai Okana, but I will get that to you so that you can let the people know because I want to make sure that it's very direct and there's always people asking where specifically and what's the best place. So I want to make sure that I send that to you. Obviously, I think that's not my real priority, so I'm not exactly sure. But I'll get that information to you, and thank you for asking. 
Thank you. Yeah, we will share all those links on the show page so that people can find them easily. Well, I know that, you know, you need to get back to doing what you're doing and go into your protocols for the day. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with about what you're feeling right now or what you'd like people to know about this? Uh, Yeah. In closing, I'd say make no mistake that we are building a nation here and that this is the opportunity, perhaps the only opportunity, that the Mauna has brought us together and has enabled us to do this. If we were standing anywhere else in Hawaii, I don't think we would have been able to solidify our people as we have on this mountain. Because this mountain is not just the most sacred for Hawaii, but really all of the Pacific. And when the mountain says to us that from me is a connection to mountains around the world, and we hold this vibration of the earth together, And when the mountain says, try one more time, I try one more time. And when the mountain reminds us that the highest water in the world falls first on this mountain, and when the elders of other people say, don't lose your water, because if you do, we all will. We take that very seriously. So although this is hard work, yes it is, although many of us have dedicated our entire 24-7 every day to this and will continue to do so, we also see what is really happening here. The Creator, the elements, and our ancestors have provided us with this time right here, right now. And we have made the agreement to align and to listen and to abide by that. And this is the chance that we have to raise a nation. And that is what we are doing here. And as we raise a nation here, we are raising our nations everywhere. So this is the time to do that, and we understand that. And with that, I'm going to say to everyone out there who is aligned with us, who are standing in your own way, who are suffering, who are struggling, let us know. We will pray for you from the highest mountain in the world, from the seafloor, to the Sky Father, Wakea, the Earth Mother, Papahanaumoku, we will lift our prayers. So mahalo, everybody. We love you all. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I love you folks. I love your family. And uh, thank you so much for um, the opportunity today. And yes, I'm heading to our 12th noon protocol where we will make the container tight. So thank you so much. Thank you. Kiss your little one for me. (laughs) I will. Okay, kukia imauna. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find more information at protectmanukea.net and follow on Instagram at protectmanukea. You can also follow Pua on Instagram at Pua Case. 
All the links she mentioned for supporting and donating are listed on the show page at moontent.co. This show is made possible through our wonderful Patreon supporters at patreon.com moonwise. Thank you so much for your support. You can hear this month's lunar forecast and other episodes on moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. The music in this episode is by Havani Rios from her stunning new album, Kukia Imauna, Together We Rise, which was released on the four-year anniversary of the powerful frontline stand to protect Mauna Kea. Her music is available to purchase on iTunes or via her website, HavaniRios.com. See you next time. Yeah.